Hello Kings, if you don't know who I am, my name's Ian and uh, I have the privilege of being a part of the leadership team at Glasgow Grace. We moved from Gateway Church in Poole uh, in 2018 and the church planted in 2019, in January 2019, which means almost half of our life has been under COVID restrictions as a church. So it's been a bit bizarre, um, but we are able to say that God has been extraordinarily good to us. And uh, one of the ways that he's been good to us is that he has provided us with people up here who have loved us and supported us and welcomed us. And uh, we most certainly count kings at uh, the top of that list. So thank you so much for your very warm welcome to us and your support for us and especially your prayers. Now I have the privilege of picking up where you left off in your one and two Peter series, Remember This. And we're in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 12 through 21 today. So if you have a Bible, do grab it now, and um, we'll just open it up in a minute. I do hope you're doing okay, at least, in this very strange and difficult time. Even if you're not, and you're feeling a bit gloomy, as I have to admit, I have had days where I have felt gloomy in this last lockdown. I'm hoping... Our text today will really help us all. So, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 12 through 21. So, I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father, when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven, and when we were with him on the sacred mountain, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will, be, you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets through human, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the Apostle Peter in verse 12 wants to take them back, take these churches spread out across Turkey, take them back and remind them of a few things. He says, remember this, be a good title, I would say, for a preaching series. I know, I know, I've said this all before, but, but trust me, it's important. Let me remind you again, we often switch off, don't we? when we've heard something before. We so often think that if it's been said before, well, 
It doesn't really matter. We, we could just switch off and pick up our phones, start scrolling again. But the Christian life requires us to keep revisiting the same truths. As a church, we read the Nicene Creed together at the beginning of our meeting last week. And the reason we did that was because we just wanted to help people be reminded of what we believe about God and how wonderful he is, how good he is, and what he has done for us. And we want that to sink in, not just a little deeper, but also in the new contexts that we find ourselves. So we find ourselves in a new season and other things going on in our lives. We need these same truths to continue to grow deep roots into those areas of our lives. Some want new knowledge from the preacher every week to satisfy their intellectual appetite, to be entertained. They demand it, even. Imagine the scene. Post-COVID, okay? Big Davy, he's preached at King's on a Sunday morning for the first time. And some of you head back together for some lunch at someone's house. You're having lunch together, and this question comes up. Hey, what do you think of Big Davy's talk this morning, Ken Lake? Yeah, I, I can speak Edinburgh. I bet he didn't know that. How would you go about making your assessment? Would it be around what God has spoken into your heart and how you apply that into your life? Would that be the way in which you assess the preach? Is that the way in which you want to talk about it around the dinner table? Or is it more like a trip advisor review of going to some kind of entertainment, some attraction somewhere. And really what you're talking about is how well did Big Davy engage you? Did he entertain you? Often when we're asking those kind of questions, people are still not living out what Chris preached last week, what Dan taught last month, what Luke preached before Christmas, what Matt has taught a hundred times now. We need gospel repetition, dug deep down in our hearts and lived out. You may have read The Heavenly Man, this book about this remarkable man following Jesus. His name's Brother Yun. And um, he says this, you can never really know the scriptures until you're willing to be changed by them. We don't need new intellectual stimulation or entertaining stories. We need to continually live in the light of the truth about Jesus. Peter is so concerned that the message that he has is constantly repeated, that he wants to make sure that it's down in black and white before he dies. That's why he writes this, verses 13 and 14. And as you can tell from your preaching series title, that is actually at the heart of why he writes these two letters. These churches are in a tough spot. I'm sure you've discovered that by now. Peter has already described these persecuted and scattered believers all across what is now part of Turkey as aliens and foreigners in a strange land. They have been well acquainted with exilic language, the kind of language that Peter is using here. 
because they are a people of God in exile, separated from their true home, not Israel now, but from the new creation, from what it means to be completely established in the kingdom of God when Jesus returns and rules and reigns. That's why Peter calls his temporary body a tent here in verse 13. It seems a bit bizarre. Why would you call your body a tent? Well, it's a way of reminding them of an old journey all those years ago when God rescued his people out of Egypt, mercifully spared them from the judgment by painting in faith the blood of lambs on their doorposts. And then they passed through the waters of salvation at the Red Sea. And yet, when they find themselves on the other other side of the Red Sea, they do not find that they are immediately in the promised land, free and not yet home, not established in brick houses, but living in campsites. They were refugees waiting. But God was with them. He was dwelling with them in the middle of their camp, in the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. So Peter reminds them that as we wait for our resurrection bodies, without all the aches and the pains, with a, we, we actually live with better tabernacles. We ourselves become the, ta- the tabernacles. We ourselves become temples of the Holy Spirit. God enters into us, yet even still, we do not see him in full. We do not find ourselves before the throne, seeing his face at last and being home. We are exiles in the world until Jesus returns to take us home. In the meantime, we need a hope that is sure. On those dark days, we need to be reminded of who we are, a word planted in our hearts, just like the Ark of the Covenant with Moses' stone tablets that were in the middle, right at the heart of the tabernacle. We need words we can rely on. Trustworthy message. How many times have we heard messages in this last couple of years Words from people that end up being empty or lies. We need reliable words. And we need those words repeatedly spoken over us again and again and affirmed in us by the Spirit. It's not entertainment that we need. Did you see the news this uh, last week? This great story of an older couple, Mavis and Stanley and Bolton. They'd been married uh, for 60 years. But for this last year, they've not been together because Stanley is in a care home and unfortunately, Mavis wasn't able to visit. I'm sure many of you have had loved ones in that situation where you you can't go and visit people you love uh, for such a long time. Zoom and uh, WhatsApp and all the other stuff that even when staff are helping them, it just doesn't cut it. It's not the same. Stanley was stuck in this care home away from the love of his life. 
but they were reunited last week because Mavis decided that she would go into care as well. She was struggling at home. She thought, I'm going to go into care as well. And uh, what a moment. We only cried a little bit. Just don't tell any of my uh, Ouija friends, okay? The day is coming when Jesus will return for you in all of his glory. And Peter's encouraging them, keep holding on, keep going. You can trust these words. Jesus will return for you. He's coming for you. He adores you. He loves you. He has not forgotten you. It's not the same as seeing him face to face. And it's tough, particularly when we find ourselves in dark places. But hey, Peter says here, look, I have seen his glory. So I know I've seen his majesty. I know that he will return in majesty. He will return in glory. Lindsay and I listened to a a podcast called Serial recently. I know if you've ever got into it, we were very late to that party. If you, have, uh, if you haven't listened to it, please don't. It's totally addictive, okay? Just don't even start. It reanalyzes cases of crime where they think an injustice may have taken place and uh, it's still unsolved. And uh, one of the things that I learned while listening to this is that it is very important to have eyewitnesses, even more important to have several eyewitnesses who can corroborate the story that they have. And that's exactly what Peter is saying here. Along with others, he says, verse 16, we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He says, we glimpsed glory at his baptism. Do you remember the scene? The sky splits in two and the Holy Spirit comes down in the form of a dove and then we hear the, the, the voice of God audibly speaks and he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Wow. Now it recalls the words of two messianic passages in the Bible that display two different prophetic threads that you can see going all the way through Scripture. The first quotes Psalm 2, the beloved son, which is saying that he is the true king from the stump of Jesse. Jesse was David's dad. The second part in whom I am well pleased, is a reference to Isaiah 53, where God tells the prophet that the Messiah will come as a suffering servant. And he will be the pleasure of the Lord, the one who pleases him. So, here you have it. God the Father himself confirms the baptism that Jesus is the Davidic king come to rule and reign and the suffering servant who will be the lamb of God. He's the servant king that the prophets 
of old have promised would come. And don't just take Peter's word for it. Don't even just take Jesus' word for it. Take the word of God the Father audibly speaking from heaven. Jesus is the Messiah. And then Peter mentions another event that makes him and other eyewitnesses of Jesus glory, the transfiguration. He reminds them of this moment And I'm sure he will have mentioned it before because I think if I had been there, I'd be talking about this all the time. He talks about being up a mountain when Jesus literally shines with the glory of heaven right in front of his eyes and is then joined by Moses and Elijah. Now, the Old Testament was summed up as the law and the prophets. And here were their bodily representatives. Moses, the lawgiver, and Elijah regarded as the greatest ever prophet. So both of Peter's experiences of the glory of God were fulfillments of Scripture. He's building a case here. And that is the real star witness. The one we can really rely on. The Word of God. Throughout the pandemic, we've been looking to the words of scientists and politicians and looking for signs of hope. Glimpses that this thing might be coming to an end. And and at times it's looked like they are giving us those promises. And then of course, as well-meaning as they may have been, often they get it wrong. But hey, Peter here helps us to see that we do not have to worry about that with God's word. Now hands up who is looking forward to the day when you find yourself on holiday in the sun whether it's Costa del Sol or the Costa del Forth, a lot of us, Peely Wally Scots, are dreaming of lying in the sun and basking in its light. The light of God's word, however, rising over us and shining into our lives, that light is a far greater light, a far better light, a light that is so much more than the pleasures that we can get from the sun rising upon us. Everything changes when we realize that all of God's promises find their yes and their amen in Jesus. Jesus has always been the main character of the Bible. Every part of scripture is, as my daughter's body uh, Bible says, um, the Jesus Storybook Bible, if you're interested. Absolutely brilliant. It says, every story whispers his name. When we see that, our whole existence changes. The lights shine into our lockdown. The light shines into our poverty. The light shines into our homeschooling while we're trying to hold down a job, a demanding job at the same time, into a cancer diagnosis, into a relationship breakdown. I urge you, be reminded of this simple truth. God's word is reliable. And it all points to a savior who has come to rescue you out of his great love for you. And his name is Jesus. The brilliant C.S. Lewis said this, I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. 
And notice Peter, it doesn't require our circumstances to already be bright. Verse 19. It shines in a dark place. Remember, this is a persecuted group of Christians in exile. People are being tortured for their faith. Are you in a dark place? Great. Let the light of God's promises shine in. One of my best mates was told he had stage three colon cancer last year. Spread was pretty extensive. And after all kinds of tests, he had to go through chemotherapy, radiotherapy, and then a pretty serious operation where they removed a lot of, uh, well, everything really in that area. He's been through a lot. And uh, the prognosis is now good. But he had to go through all of that while not having visitors in the hospital, weeks in the hospital at a time after his operation. And uh, I have to say that his pain was real. But just as real was his peace. And the reason he could have peace was because he understood this. That Jesus has come. As the, the yes and the amen to all of God's promises. And that no matter what, Jesus will return and take him home. And you could see it in him that his faith only increased in that dark place because he turned to the light. He turned to Jesus. The fulfillment of the prophets. You feeling gloomy? Turn to God's words and receive the gospel of light. Listen, if that's you, let me just give you two simple things that you can do. Number one, go back to 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 12, and read it every day this week. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 12. Read it over and let it just sink deep into you, these glorious truths about who Jesus is and what he's done for you. Let the truth shine on you at the dawning of each new day. Number two, invite the Holy Spirit to bring the truth increasingly alive in every area of your life. So, as I wrap this up, let me do that now. Let me invite the Holy Spirit to come and shine into your life wherever you are right now. Yeah, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you that you have come through Jesus who has cleansed us by his blood. We receive the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, for those who are feeling gloomy today, would you speak truth into their hearts again. Remind them of who you are. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, would you reveal to them the glory of your light shining upon them. You are the light of the world. 
And there is no darkness that you will not extinguish when you are near. Although there is pain, you bring peace. Although there is darkness, you extinguish it with your light. Although we are not yet in the new creation, you have made us new creations. Lord, thank you. We await for our resurrected bodies, but right now, we say, God, we look to you and your promises that you will return in all your glory and take us home.